on a summer's day in the month of May, a burly bum come a hiking. He was walking down land through the sugar candy, was looking for his liking. And as he strolled along, he sang songs of the land of middle Canada. Hey there, this is the Sounds of the Trail podcast, a place where we talk about the ups, downs, and switchbacks of trail life. It's time for a hike. Where a bum can stay for many a day, and he won't need any money. Man, being in a city and just being surrounded by so many people and not being outside all the time. I mean, I've like considered sleeping outside just because I I can't deal with being inside, you know? <laughs> Seriously, it's like, what the heck? If I am, like, taking the train somewhere and I have to pee, I can't just, like, pull my pants down and take a pee on the train. It's not... I'm not allowed to do that. Aw, <laughs> oh, man. Hikers off trail. This is episode 12 of Sounds of the Trail, and I'm your host, Gizmo. Welcome back to the podcast. I took last week off to go and do some trail walking myself. I had the opportunity to go do a traverse across the Olympic National Park with some trail family members that I made last year, which was really fabulous and really rejuvenating and energizing. And I might talk a little bit more about it later, but probably not in this episode. In this episode, we are talking about what hikers do when they get off trail. The idea of a thru-hike, the fairy tale version, is a long, uninterrupted, idyllic walk in the woods. In reality, any trail that cuts across thousands of miles across the country is going to intersect a lot of roads. This is a good thing, because real thru-hikers, not the fairy tale ones, are really, really hungry. Carrying five to six months of food on your back isn't logistically possible, so hikers depend on the road crossings and the towns those roads lead to for their resupplies. Whether the hikers are picking up prepackaged food boxes they've mailed to themselves, or buying food at the grocery store, or trying to live completely out of the hiker boxes, their stomach overlords are going to force them to stop and go into a town every three to seven days or so. There are probably as many different ways to thru-hike as there are hikers. But, if anything, hiker behavior in town varies even more. Every hiker reacts a little bit differently to the abrupt contrast between trail and town, from the hard partiers to the speed-hiking ascetics who barely stop in. This podcast covers a pretty good spread of hiker types, with lots of different approaches to time off trail, and you'll notice some big differences in opinion in how people approach resupply and trail time, and town time. They all seem to eat a lot, though. Before we get started, there is a little bit of hiking jargon in this episode, so really quickly. A zero refers to a day in a thru-hike where zero miles are walked. A nero is a day where nearly zero miles are walked, and this definition can vary from two miles to as many as ten miles, counting as a nero. And finally, a hiker box is a box or bin commonly found outside of a place frequented by hikers, where hikers will leave food or items of gear that they don't want, 
or take out food or items of gear that they do want. We're going to start out with a quick check-in from Kimchi on her current progress with her broken foot before we move to the rest of the episode. We don't have an audio update from Sina this week, but I can let you know that she's chosen to get off trail and take a job at a summer camp with hopes of being able to get some more miles in an August and September after camp season is over. As soon as she gets some self-reception reception out of the camp, we will arrange that and we'll get to hear from Sina a couple more times. We'll get the story then, but for now, here's Kimchi. Hey, this is Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail. I am back on trail. I'm actually laying in my tent right now, listening to all the mosquitoes trying to get into my tent. I am about, man, am I like 40 miles into New Jersey? Um, my foot is still not, I don't think it's all the way healed yet, which is kind of a bummer because I'm going to have to basically just take a couple of days off on the trail, which I'm kind of excited about. I just haven't been able to find a good enough spot. Um, I know that's hard to imagine, but I'm in New Jersey. Not like it's super bad, but I just haven't really been able to find a good place where I can rest up for a couple of days and just pitch my tent and not really do too much except for lay around and enjoy the scenery. I'm at a shelter right now that's just just completely mosquito-ridden and the water really isn't that great and it's just kind of not that not that exciting but it is really good to be back on the trail in any place no matter what place is pretty nice regardless it's been really rocky super rocky not as bad as Pennsylvania but definitely not a good place to be walking around when your foot is not at its 100% awesome time. I'm just listening to all the birds chirping, which is great. Uh, I've been accustomed back into trail life pretty easily. I smell like barf. Uh, My socks smell like baby poop. And my feet are just getting ate up in general by blisters and stuff like that because I haven't been walking too much. Met some really cool people and have been kind of seeing them on and off, which is great. The trail is definitely a much better place to be than sitting at home in Philadelphia going completely insane. I don't know. I'm just going to try and rest up a little bit and enjoy any place, I guess. I went from doing 20 to 25 miles to my first day out. I did, I think, a 10-mile day, and then the past two days I've done 15 miles, which... I'm not supposed to do, and I will stop doing, so hopefully tomorrow I'll just do another 10, find a really great place, hang out for a bit, let myself heal, and uh, take all the advice that we gave everybody on the the injury episode, and maybe I can just interview cool people and go swimming or something like that, and just kind of like live outside, because really... That's the best part of being here in general. Um, I did notice that I've been hiking by myself completely, which I didn't do before. And I really do enjoy being by myself. Uh, It's kind of interesting also just to be knocked down to, I mean, 15 miles is kind of a really short day for me. And I've noticed that just taking my time and taking breaks 
and sitting in beautiful places and drinking a lot of water and just looking around me is really great. And I wish I would have done that a little bit more often before instead of just trying to make all my miles. Uh, I guess the only bad thing about that is the bugs. I mean, whenever I stop, I'm just getting eaten alive. But after being in Philadelphia for so long, I just don't even care. The bugs can eat the crap out of me if they want. Um, doesn't even matter. I don't even get as mad. I definitely haven't been getting as mad at stuff as I usually did before. So I can tell you that when you get injured and you're off the trail, you realize what you take for granted. I definitely still get annoyed about stuff. This uh, shelter that I decided to come to is point three off the trail. And it was a very long point three, And it was through like a whole giant world of mosquitoes. But again, I'm so happy to be back out here. Just wanted to do a quick little check-in to let you guys know what was up with me. Uh, I went to the doctor last Thursday in Philadelphia, and they gave me the go-ahead to hike. I'm wearing a carbon insole in my shoe, which does not allow me to bend my foot all the way, which is exciting for all this rock walking. I could see the healing going on on my foot, actually. It was pretty cool to see that in the x-ray, and uh, I still have a lot of pain, like I said, but I'm going to just knock my miles down and try and keep myself on the trail so I can keep talking to people and keep getting out there to you guys. I think I'm going to try and lay here for a little while and fall asleep. It is still very much light outside, but I'm just going to lay here and listen to all these birds going completely insane <laughs> in this meadowy bog area of New Jersey. And I'm kimchi and I'm out. Our first hiker off-trail that we will hear from is Kodak, who was featured in our last episode as well. He's a pretty good representative of what might be called a typical thru-hiker, if there is such a thing. Let's hear the rest of his interview with Kimchi. So, I'm Kimchi with Sounds of the Trail, and I'm talking to Kodak, and we are talking about what hikers do when they get to town. Uh, just, just kind of the crazy crap that we do, why we go to town, what happens when we're in town, what's happening in our brains when we go to town, um, what's happening in our bodies. Kodak, do you want to introduce yourself? I'm Kodak from South Jersey, and I've just hit my three months on the trail. First of all, why, why do hikers go to town? Why don't you talk to me a little bit about that? Hikers go to town to get food, resupplies. Some people have their mail drops waiting for them where they kind of just get their food in the mail and others, the less responsible and kind of less planning ones, just kind of go to the grocery stores and decide what kind of craving they want that week for on the trail. And mostly we go to town to pig out. We pig out <laughs> a lot in town. <laughs> um, so what kind of, like, what do you notice? Do you, do you feel like you're craving food before you get into town and when you get there you just kind of go crazy or... And, like, what's the difference? Like, you, obviously, you, you could, like, eat anyway. Like, I guess we all hike to eat. Um, yeah. What kind of stuff do you find yourself doing when you get into town that you probably would never, ever do in a normal, like, normal setting in your life? Usually, when we get into town, it's like, you'll start hearing rumors, like, 60 or 80 miles outside of town. And they'll be like, oh, man, there's a all-you-can-eat Chinese buffet. It's only nine ninety nine and you're hearing this like three or four days out and the next three or four days that's all you're thinking about is that buffet it's like man i cannot wait to get to town and get that buffet so usually we'll like get to town and 
go right for the buffet or go right to, you know, whatever food chain or restaurant has been spreading through the trail that week. And then I guess we end up at the grocery store where we kind of overbuy more food than we need and end up regretting it later. <laughs> why, do you, we, why do you regret it? <laughs> we go in there and everything looks so good. And you just you're like, oh, you know, I'm just gonna buy four days of food, and then you get back to like where you're at, wherever you're staying that night, and you lay it all out, and you're like, oh, I just bought five or six days of food. What was I thinking? <laughs> so I mean, but you just told me you go to the buffet before you go to the supermarket, so you must be sitting. I know, as a hiker, when you get to that buffet, you literally eat probably like triple the amount of what you're supposed to eat, and then then you feel like you're gonna vomit everywhere. So how do you how could you overbuy food when you go to the grocery store after that? Usually it's like you'll you'll hang out like half hour and then you'll make your way to the grocery store and <laughs> by about that time you're hungry again. And then you're looking at everything as a meal to eat right then and there rather than what you're going to pack for the rest of the week. The hunger never ends. So that being said, I mean, maybe maybe when you get to town and you're, like, carb loading, because I think that's what we do. We, like, carb and calorie load a lot once we get into town. Um, do you notice that you have, like, a specific pattern of, like, foods that you eat when you're town? Or, like, just, like, because for me, it's breakfast. Like, every time I get to town, I want to eat a lot of breakfast. And usually I'll eat two or three breakfasts in one sitting. Like, a lot. Like, six eggs three pancakes, maybe a waffle, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, do, you yeah. have any, do you have any, like, little things that you like to kind of mouth out on when you get into town? My town vice has consisted of, like, uh, fruits, like fresh fruits, like strawberries and uh, grapes and pizza. I eat pizza in every town I've been in. I think I've had pizza. <laughs> my, uh, my friend Finch and I just hit uh, a couple of days ago, we hit a town, and the first thing we did, we got a hitch in, and first thing, they're like, where do you guys want to go? Like, you know, is there a pizza place around? They're like, yeah, so we got a hitch right to the pizza place, and we split a pie between the two of us within, you know, 10, 15 minutes, it was all gone. <laughs> so, and also, like, let's just say, uh, when you're not on the trail in general, like in normal life, um, quote-unquote normal life, like you know, I guess you like don't really have to condense all of your all of your like chores and duties and like things you need to do all into one day. So life is a lot different. But when you get on into a town after being out for a while, obviously the first thing you want to do is eat and resupply. What else? What other things do you think hikers do in towns? Like if I had to give, if we were playing a trivia game, what answers would you give me of the things that hikers do when they get into a town? Well, it depends how long it's been since the last time, but usually you'll, usually, you know, if it's been a week or so, they're going to want to shower. I particularly always, you know, if I'm out for a week or, you know, a little more, I'm like, yeah, first thing, shower. Let's, let's find a, let's find a cheap hotel or a cheap hostel or somewhere nice to stay that has a shower and a bed. And let's, let's get there. And then we can drop our packs and figure out the rest. Usually after the gorging of food, digging in, We'll uh, look for a shower, I guess. And then what else do we do when we get in town? Laundry. Oh, stinky clothes. It's <laughs> nice to get your clothes washed. We uh, we couldn't find a laundromat in the last town when we stayed, so we ended up washing them in the bathtub. 
and that was uh, that was an experience. I don't know if it cleaned them much because I think they still stink just as bad. Yeah, I think washing your clothes. Oh God, the hiker wash. And I mean, I do have to say, whenever you go to like a hostel or something, they usually have a sign or like a really cheap motel. There's always a sign that says, "Do not do your laundry in the bathroom." <laughs> <laughs> I do agree. I've seen a few of those. Sometimes they're pretty cool, and you'll be like, you know. Is there any way I can just like wash it in the tub and like, yeah, yeah, just you know, just just don't tell everyone else. But sometimes <laughs> they'll be pretty cool about it. <laughs> a big thing that I guess Gizmo and I were talking about is how hikers hate walking anywhere when they're in a town. Oh gosh, that is the last thing I want to do when I get into town. It, we were, uh, like I said, when we went to the pizza place the other day, and then you know, there's a little convenience store maybe. Oh, gosh, a block away. And we must have sat at the pizza shop for an hour to two hours before we could get the courage to walk that block just to get, like, Gatorade and some snacks for the evening. It is the worst thing. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, I'm done my miles for the day. I'm not walking. That's it. I'm getting rides everywhere, calling up shuttles, and I'm going to sit on my butt in a hotel or in a hostel and not move for the rest of the day. And it's, it's like... It's tough because, you, you know, you've got all this, I don't want to say chores, but you've got your laundry you want to do, you want to get cleaned up, you got to do your your uh, resupply or get your food from the post office. Sometimes you got to mail stuff out from the post office, buy postcards, you got to write those. It's There's a lot of little things that you end up having to do on your days off. There's something that I did want to ask you. Uh, oh, that's what I want you to do. So, people who are listening to this who don't hike, you keep saying hotels. Now, I'm pretty sure they're imagining like a nice hotel. Do you wanna, do you want to tell me what hotels are like that we that we would stay in on the Appalachian Trail and like generally like how we do it to make it affordable for ourselves? Yeah, hotels means like like a '70s movie motel where they smoke in the rooms all day and you walk <laughs> in and it kind of just reeks of cigarettes and. There's usually dirt on the ceiling in the bathroom, and they're just, like, $50 rooms that you split with four or five people. So you get, like, <laughs> two double beds, and then you bunk up with somebody, and then there's usually someone on the floor, and then everyone's gear exploded out of their packs. So it's usually just, like, a cluster of gear and smelly hikers in one small room that smells like smoke. <laughs> I think that I would, like, always liken it. I'd tell people, yeah, it's like, you know, we're going to share this room. There's going to be a bunch of us, and it doesn't matter because at this point you've all survived together. So, like, people will be, like, cutting their toenails and, like, <laughs> lancing, <laughs> lancing their blisters while someone else is eating pizza and a towel and drinking a beer. And, like, in that room in general, like, if you were not on the trail, you would never, ever ever stay in that room, let alone pay for it, let alone shower it would, in it. It would be repulsive to anyone that's not, like, through hiking. You would walk in there and kind of open the door and probably turn right around and walk right out. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, right? I mean, it's like, the only way I could ever see myself staying there is if I was incarcerated for a certain number of years <laughs> and I got, I got out of jail and then I went and stayed in that hotel. And I have to say, I've seen people that probably are on that path, staying in rooms next to me that aren't through hikers. So, <laughs> I don't know. A really, uh, very vivid picture I got in my head right now, and it's pretty accurate to the real uh, the real deal of what actually happens. 
Yeah, I think I was talking to, I've talked to a couple of different hikers about this. Um, my experience sometimes is different, but I noticed that, like, I'm really eager to get to town and do the things I need to do, and then then I'm pretty much ready to get right back out into the, like, just want to get back to the trail. I start to feel kind of, like, antsy, and I don't know, I can't really explain it, but I start to feel almost like an like a, an alien visiting a different planet when I'm in town for, like, over 24 hours. Have you, oh, like... man. No, I totally agree. That's, like, spot on. Uh, when I'm in town, like, I took a double zero once because the group I was with, they were just like, you know, we're really beat. Let's take a double zero. And I was like, yeah, you know, that's fine. It's worth it. Like, I really like hiking with them. So I was totally down to hang out another day. It might have been, like, 9.30 the, the second on the second, like, zero we were taking. It's 9.30 in the morning. And I was just like, dude, I need it. I need to go in the woods. I'm losing it. I cannot stay in this room anymore. I am. I need a hike, guys. We need to get out of here. And they're like, no, 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 it's okay. We're, we're going to stay today. And I'm just, I cannot, I don't like being out of the woods for more than a day. I feel like almost homesick in a way. And there's just nothing like waking up out under the trees or in a shelter or next to some stranger you just met that day. It's always pretty fun and exciting out in the woods rather than in the towns. Man, I totally agree. I think it's kind of funny, too, because you start to realize that the the comforts and conveniences, I guess, that we think we need in regular life are almost like, I think I've said this before, but they're almost more uncomfortable and inconvenient. <laughs> yeah. In a certain way. They're like, uh, life outside of hiking is kind of like a luxury. Hiking is basically as simplistic as it can get it in my eyes almost. You know, we don't really carry too much. We carry what we need to get by and, you know, we walk in all day long and look at pretty trees and views and cool little rivers to swim in. Life's a lot simpler out here. I like it. I also found trail life a lot simpler than town life. And I usually viewed my town time as simply a means to more trail time. That said, I think it's easy to forget that a thru-hike is voluntary and you can do it however you want. You can even take vacations. Next, we're going to hear from Silver out on the PCT. He represents more of the fast-walking hiker crowd, hikers with tiny packs and big miles every day. But even these tough nuts need some time off trail. Here's Silver. Hey, this is Silver checking in from the PCT. Uh, I am on day 52 of my thru-hike and I am hanging out in Sierra City, California right now, um, around mile 1200. Um, I threw hike the AT in 2012. Uh, I was formerly known as Quicksilver, but I shortened that, chopped it in half to silver. I never really liked the connotation of being fast or whatever. So, man, it is hot here today, and it's been kind of warm lately, but this is the hottest it's been since Mojave. So uh, there's a good number of hikers here just hanging out in front of the store. And I'm trying to do the trail in 100 days. And it's proved more difficult than I thought it was going to be. So I'm a few days behind schedule. But uh, actually what I'm going to be talking about today is not really about speed hiking, but about taking time away from the trail. Uh, And I don't mean like going into a trail town or like zeroing somewhere, you know, along the trail. I mean, 
actually leaving the trail for a while um, to go home or to do a little mini adventure or something uh, where you're actually, you know, in an environment that's not related to the trail. Uh, so just a few days ago, I went into San Francisco and I took two zeros there. I took my first zero of the trail actually there. Um, and when I threw hike the AT in 2012, I also went into New York City from there, which a lot of through hikers do. Uh, so I took the train in from into New York, and here I rented a car and actually went into San Francisco. But um, it can be strangely liberating to to leave the trail, especially if it's you know if it's been a while. So I don't know. It's easy for the trail to start feeling like it's a job or that you're you know you're married to it and you can't leave and you're stuck and that's really kind of counter to the the spirit of a through hike which is you know kind of freewheeling and you know being spontaneous and kind of doing things you know without a schedule so both of the times I went into larger cities it was an incredible experience one of the most memorable experiences of my through hike I had never been into either of those when I went in either so it's interesting when I tell people that that I went in they always assume oh no you were in the woods for so long and you went into the you know this big metro area it had to be so hard for you to adjust to you know the first time like going into New York City and what I found the most difficult was actually adjusting back to the trail so you know I I I took two zeros in New York and I took two zeros in San Francisco on both of my through hikes and both times coming back to the trail um, was tough and I never really feel that way when I'm in a trail town like when I'm in a trail town I'm usually kind of anxious to get my stuff done and leave and just get more miles under my belt but both the times I've been in in New York and San Francisco I was it was you know you're surrounded by friends and you're doing things and you feel more like you're on a vacation more like a tourist kind of and both times just coming back to the trail was just kind of lonely but on the positive side I mean going into places like that uh, the food options I guess is the first thing I mean when you're in trail town you might have a general store you might have a restaurant or two to kind of get stuff from but man you have nothing like the options you get in those cities so I had so much in San Francisco the last week. Green tea, ice cream. I went out for Indian food. I had like brunch, chicken and waffles, all kinds of coffee drinks. Like I actually think I might have cured my hiker hunger <laughs> temporarily while I was there. And you know, you don't really get that in a trail town, so it's you know, it's nice to be able to go in and and have those options. One of the things that I noticed uh, going into the city from through hike versus leaving the trail or uh, going in, you know, normally was my sense of smell. So once you've been out here for you know a month or so, you start to get this heightened sense of smell, and I guess it's because you're just smelling natural smells and your your body odor, but uh, and other hikers' body odor, but. Uh, I don't know, you start to really pick up on the sweet smells of flowers, and I can name flowers just from the smell. I know when I'm close to them, because I'll smell them first, and I smell day hikers before I see them, 
and so your sense of smell just gets so heightened. And then when you go in somewhere like the city, going into San Francisco or New York, and there's just so much, so many smells happening from every direction, it's kind of overwhelming a little bit. But you know, I kind of expected more people to recognize me, but. You know, I, I sort of felt homeless in the city. Uh, there were a lot of young people that, you know, were homeless, which is really sad. But we kind of look alike. I mean, we're skinny. We have a beard. We might have a pack. We're wearing the same clothes every day. You know, my my wallet is a Ziploc bag. So you do kind of feel homeless uh, when you leave the trail environment. The discussion about the similarities or dissimilarities between through hikers and the homeless is an interesting one to explore, but perhaps one that deserves its own episode. For our next clip, let's hear from some more PCT hikers talking about life off trail for them and some of the smells they have gotten used to. Here's part three with Safari and Redwood. Yo, this is part three with Sounds of the Trail. This week's episode is about hikers in town, and this week is definitely one of the peak town experiences. We are in Lake Tahoe, one of the biggest trail towns and one of the most exciting. We're getting close to halfway. We've made it through the Sierras. This is a town full of casinos with legendary buffets, cheap hotel rooms, though it is a little tough to get around and get to in the first place it's pretty awesome once you get here and it's the location of a pretty strong vortex so this week we had two hikers with us both of which have done extensive long distance hiking both on the AT and the PCT so they're full of experiences in town of all sorts from the south to the desert to the northeast to everything so we also have we have Redwood here again yo what up and this time we also have Safari. So Safari, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself, talk about where you're from, how old you are, that kind of stuff. Hey, how's it going? Uh, Safari, I am 24 years old. It feels old because I've been <laughs> through hiking, I guess, for the last three or four years. And it feels like a lot of life, you know, when you're out there backpacking. And uh, so, yeah, I spent 2011, I met my first thru-hiker coming out of the fresh snowpack in the Sierras, and he told stories that got me going. So I had to go in 2012 and try it out for myself. And I was hooked. I mean, they say it's like a drug, and it's pretty true. Let's transition a little bit. Let's get into the nitty-gritty. What are your first priorities when you get to town like what are you dying to do the second you get there a meal meal no doubt and then then cleanliness comes second i'd say (laughs) (laughs) but first first i need nourishment yeah and my go-to situation is to camp almost by the road the night before hitch in early get food breakfast good one belgian waffle is my go-to and then after that, you got the whole day. If I'm doing, my Nero is like the go-to thing when I'm hiking. I'm trying to get off. I'm the same way. Big towns, any town, for the most part, I'm trying to get back on trail. Unless I got a bunch of buddies and we're getting a motel room together. But, yeah, food and then, if I can, laundry. And then food again. 
resupply is usually the thing I do after I eat just so I don't buy a bunch of stupid things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, resupplying hungry is yeah, really unrealistic. <laughs> I brainstorm it a lot as I'm hiking because you want to change things up. You know, you go through one stretch and you may be a little sick of that, that raisins and spice oatmeal. Mm-hmm. I want to go with apples and cinnamon mm-hmm. next time. So... I try to like. And that's why we don't do boxes. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. somehow want to make a mental note of those things, and because uh, you know when you're hungry in the woods, if you're craving it, then you'll probably crave it again. Oh yeah, and that's uh, really important because shopping at the grocery store is the hardest thing to do, especially if you're into a big town when they got a Safeway, a Vons. Yeah, it's overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. it is. It's like holy food in your face. Yeah. <laughs> And I don't know, I, one of my things is if you create a list of things you're going to resupply with the next time, I create a list of things I'm going to buy at the store, like, within a few hours of getting to town. Yeah. Whether it's, like, a six-pack of whatever the beer I've been craving or mm. a salad or some fruit or guac or, I mean, I could go on and on. But there are tons of things that I crave that just I want, like, right when I get there, and what, if, especially if we're getting a hotel room, that I'll just get... And just sit on for the yeah. however many... Usually things that are refrigerated. Well, yeah. That's like your favorite thing to pack out out of town that's totally unconventional, like a piece of fruit or a, a sandwich, something like that. You know, what was like your go-to thing to pack out of town? Most hikers do it, something to take out for that first 10 miles. To yeah. Eat. If I don't do a sandwich, I like deli sandwiches because yeah. they'll deli eat really well. Yeah, yeah. And they have everything. They got veggies. Yeah. You get mayo, cheese, yeah. meat. That's kind of like the ultimate like, yeah. fresh pack out. I'd say. Yeah, yeah. That and like you know, like fruit, like mangoes, mm-hmm. and I guess pears. a pizza on Jacinto didn't work yeah, out too well. Yeah, dude. Not on Jacinto. I yeah, pizza. I can't well. imagine doing too well. Oh well, yeah, it was like freezing cold at eleven thousand feet. Too. <laughs> yeah. Not appetizing. And that. All right, so let's talk about some of the funny things that hikers do in towns. Like, some of the just the more absurd... Oh, the clothes, dude. What they wear when they're washing their clothes. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've never seen so many men in dresses in my life when I go into town, and it's totally normal. <laughs> yeah, I wear my, uh, my MC Hammer style rain pants, and that's pretty much it. <laughs> and trash that's, bags. Yeah, it's yeah. just these huge baggy frog tog pants, and... That's my laundry clothes, yeah, and yeah, you yeah. gotta wander around the laundromat or wherever you're doing laundry in that while your other stuff gets clean, and <laughs> yeah. you have no choice. You yeah. don't. You really don't. And what if you gotta wash those rain pants? <laughs> yeah. I rarely have socks when I do laundry, so I just wander around everywhere barefoot. Well, like the guy in the grocery store today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then there's the sardine packing the hotel rooms, which is... On certain establishments allowed and certain establishments frowned upon, but hikers love to cut costs, and one of the big ways is to just cram people in hotel rooms, especially when the weather's bad and everyone's in town. We kind of naturally group together, and I've slept eight people in a tiny, tiny Motel 6 room before. I've slept on the grass outside of a motel room that I paid for. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Talk about absurd hiker behavior. It was on insane. Cabin's porch, just because it was raining. I was like, dude, you have a porch. I'm outside. Please <laughs> help me. Uh, I've always found just manners in trail is of utter importance, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we come in, we're disgusting out there in the woods. I mean, we fart like it's, 
you know, just conventional, you know, yeah. what's going on, guys, and it's, it's, there's no boundaries out on the trail, and you come into town, you gotta kind of go back to your table manners, yeah. like, oh, I, I better, mean, I better brush my teeth before we get into yeah, town, yeah, we already <laughs> smell as it is, you know, I feel bad getting on the bus at Red's Meadow yeah. and having to ride a half hour you gotta, in Mammoth you gotta while people put gotta... that courtesy out there beforehand, and before they smell you. you definitely, know? definitely. Courtesy, yeah. manners, and politeness. It, it yeah, always just, just it, I think it comes back to just practicing kindness to pretty much everyone. Yeah, yeah. And you hate hearing those stories, you know, about hikers acting like fools in towns because yeah. the last thing we want is for people to group us in all of us PCT hikers into this kind of unruly mob, which mm-hmm. we definitely are not. I mean, every every crowd has its bad eggs, but we want to be known as that community that's really respectful and yeah. appreciative of every little thing that we're given, mm-hmm. even if it's just the ability to come in and be stinky and get your hotel room and clean up in. We right. want to yeah. show appreciation for that and make sure that they they get that. Yeah, and... I I know they do know that they're part of the trail community, which is huge, mm-hmm. and it, I hope they relish it. You know, because it's a cool community to be. With that, this is uh, part three, Redwood Safari. Signing off from South Lake Tahoe. Well, I would say that the advice to have your courtesy travel faster than your body odor is one of those trail lessons that's just as applicable as in regular life. For our last clip, I called up my friend Pac-Man, representing the dirtbag end of the hiker spectrum. And I mean no insult by that. If Pac-Man is a dirtbag, he's a dirtbag in the same sense as the most elite rock climbers to grace the cliffs of Yosemite. People who are so committed to living their lives to the fullest that they'll live off mayonnaise sandwiches to do it. Pac-Man could stretch it 20 farther than anyone I know. Here he is. Well, welcome to the podcast, Pac-Man. Um, how about you start by introducing yourself? My name is Pac-Man Thompson, and I'm on a podcast. <laughs> so you have a pretty extensive through-hiking background. You've hiked the Appalachian Trail several times and the Pacific Crest Trail. Yes. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Ah, just kind of, you know, go out and start walking and end up in weird places doing pretty cool things. I don't know. How did you first hear about the Appalachian Trail? I was working for a uh, a film company. That, well, I guess I'd never really heard about it before, and then I got a gig hauling camera equipment for this film company out of Dallas, Texas. And uh, they were making a documentary about the Appalachian Trail, and I kind of just, like, jumped on and was like, whatever, you know, and went for it and uh, worked with them for a little bit and kind of just fell in love with it. That's how you got your trail name, right? Yeah, yeah. That first year, that first uh, through-hike attempt. But I didn't make it. I only did, like, 800 miles, something like that. I mean, only. Yeah, I did, like, 800 miles the first swing. So this week's episode on the podcast is about hikers off trail, and I wanted to talk to you because you have sort of a different approach to your time off in the trail towns. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit different. Like, uh, like what do you mean? Well, you're the only person I know who takes time off from the trail to get a job. <laughs> yeah, well, I figure it's easier than saving up money, you know, because I'm really bad with saving money. I have like a Oh, I don't know, self-control issues. 
So uh, whenever I get a bunch of money together, like enough money for a through hike, I'm like, oh, I want to buy a motorcycle or like, you know, like a video game or something stupid, you know? So easier to just blow all my money and then go hiking and then be broke and then, you know, find work on the way. And uh, then it pays for itself, you know, and, and you get to... I get to not only, like, go new awesome places, but, like, work for, like, organic farms and non-organic farms and, you know, build houses and barns and kitchens and, I don't know, just crazy little things or do work for stay at, like, hostels, you know, mowing or whatever I can. What kind of things do you typically do when you first get into a town? First thing, when I get into a town, like... It used to be uh, cheeseburgers and, like, like the biggest, juiciest, most disgusting cheeseburger and fries I can get my hands on and the hugest, most disgusting beer. And then it turned into, like, ice cream. Like, I got into this phase where I would do, like, a, like a gallon of whole chocolate milk and then, like, you know, a half-gallon tub of ice cream. And uh, That's a lot of dairy. Right? Yeah, you would think it would be. I mean, I've spent a lot of days laying on a bench just, like, holding my stomach and, like, groaning, you know? Pretty much every town experience, almost, I've been laying down at some point holding my stomach and regretting everything I just put inside myself. Yeah, but now I don't don't know. Uh, I guess it'd be, like... I really got into, like, making my own food, you know, and, like, uh, so, I don't know, this last go, I was just, like, going to town, I guess I did cheeseburgers and stuff every once in a while, but I really like to, like, to find somebody who would let me use their kitchen and their house and just cook something amazing, yeah, but I, I, I think, uh, I think it's just, like, a progressive thing, you know, like, start out at one point and you just keep going deeper and deeper and deeper until your stomach hurts. I don't know. It's always random because sometimes you'll get stuck in a town. Like, you know, there was a time I was in New York and, uh, going to town and like all I had was debit card and they wouldn't take debit card anywhere. And I was like, you know, and then you don't get anything to eat because, you know, it's all cash only and you're not carrying any cash with you. It was kind of lame. Or you get into, that sounds like, terrible. Town. Yeah, right? You like get into town, you're like, oh, it's tough. But whatever, those towns are kind of weird. I don't know. I don't know why you wouldn't have an ATM machine, you know, or take debit cards. We live in the future now. Take a debit card. I don't get it. I don't know. Like sandwich shops. Sandwich shops are pretty good. I really like the sandwich shops in like uh, New Jersey, New York. You know, you go in. Everybody's got an attitude who works at a sandwich shop a little bit, you know? You go and you, like, order your food, and they're all kind of rude to you, and you're like, right on, whatever, and then you eat, 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 gallon of cold milk, giant nap. I don't know. Hold your stomach. Yeah, holding stomach, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, and every time you regret it, you know, you're just like, oh, I shouldn't have eaten all that food, and then you're like, uh, and then the next time you do it again, you just do it all over again. It's like you forget, but you, I don't know. Well, you're always so hungry. Yeah. Yeah, typically I'm pretty hungry. Yeah. And it's not like, it's not like, you know, like, like food bag hunger. 
I don't know. When I get to town, usually I don't want to eat what's in my food bag. That's why it's still in my food bag. <laughs> Those, like, leftover packets of, like, Idaho potatoes that are always there. Yeah, yeah, old, I do. I old do. trail mix. Yeah, I got stuff that kind of rides in my food bag. I don't know why. You know, every once in a while you got to go through and just clear that stuff out because you're just like, how many miles have I been carrying this bag of, like, you know, Raisin Bran? And when exactly am I going to plan on eating it? Or or you find something, like, that's been riding in your pack for a while, and you're like, I found this in a hiker box, like, two weeks ago, and it's just white powder, and I don't know what it is. <laughs> I think hiker boxes are the only place I know of where anyone would pick up baggies of white powder <laughs> and just carry them off without figuring out what they are. Dude, like, I hope it, I hope it's milk powder. It looks sort of like milk powder. It's like a roll of the dice. Know. Yeah, <laughs> just rolling the dice. Sometimes if I find a bunch of powders in the hiker box, I'll just you know mix them all together and put them in water and shake it up and see what happens. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Sometimes it's hummus. No. Oh, whoa. No, that's never happened. But that would that would be pretty lame. I hate hummus. No, it's usually pretty good. Pretty good. Uh, pretty good things happen. Uh, from my experience, with just like random bags of powders and things, and and then like if you're real curious about it, you can boil it. You know, it's boil true. it. And yeah, I've spent many nights just eating things that I have no idea what they are. I don't think we've ever explained what a hiker box is on the podcast. Oh man, that's the, it's the most amazing thing ever invented by man. Like, it's just a box full of tasty goodness and uh, sometimes confusing sadness. You never know what's going to happen when you dip into the hiker box. No, the worst thing is when you find like when you find something and you're sure what it is. You're like, I've got powdered milk, and you're like, Oh, I'm going to save this milk, you know for a good day and then you go to eat it and it's definitely not powdered milk and then you're like ooh well you still haven't really explained what a, a hiker box is oh I guess it's a uh, you know people envision all these like you know glorious things happening while they're hiking and they and they're like I'm gonna plan all these awesome meals and and they send themselves like giant packages of food and then after hiking for a while they realize most of that food they don't want to eat so a lot of the time people just throw it in the hiker box it's kind of like uh you know the take a penny leave a penny thing when you're at the going to the grocery store you're just like you know if you if you have too much, you leave something there. If you don't have enough, you uh, take something out. There's some people who ride hiker boxes. You know, that's just going, you know, hiking, and then you come into town, you go locate a hiker box and go and, like, score your food out of there. And, uh, you know, I like it. It's like a gamble. You'll never get the same thing twice. You know what I it's mean? It's true, but yeah, I you think the always... one thing... Do what? You, the one thing about them is you you definitely have to like oatmeal because they're always always full of oatmeal. Dude, there's always oatmeal. There's always somebody who gave themselves like way too much cocoa and they get sick of cocoa immediately and they throw it in the hiker box 
I'm always trying to hike behind those people. Like, <laughs> oatmeal like and cocoa is your thing, huh? Oatmeal? Oh, my God, I love oatmeal and cocoa. Yeah. Oh, man. And powdered uh, instant coffee. Um, as long as I have cocoa to mix it with, you know? And then, like, sometimes you find something, and it's like somebody's got a really strange diet, you know? And you're just like, WTF is all this, you know? And you, you, you get a bag, and it'll have, like, peanuts in it, and there'll be all these other weird seeds and stuff in it. And you're just like, I don't know what that is, but I'm going to mix it with cocoa powder and put it inside my tummy. <laughs> it's it's one way to have a varied diet on the trail for sure. Yeah, it uh yeah, it, your body's already confused and then you just like let's get really confused. Take this. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I like to ride hiker boxes. I mean, I live with a lot of stuff in hiker boxes, but I like to I like to check the hiker box before I go hit the grocery store, you know? You never know what's going to what's going to be in there. You never do. Yeah. Right? When, uh, during, when Dirt Nap and I were in Washington, we'd like tried to forward some of our boxes from Oregon that we hadn't picked up because we'd gone around. Yeah. And one of them just did not arrive. And we were at the Dinsmore's house. And there's like, there's not a town there. It's just their house. And there's like a, a breakfast restaurant. But there's no food to buy in the town. And our box didn't arrive. So we're like, well, I guess we'll see what's in the hiker box. And we did uh, an entire five-day food supply for two of us just out of the hiker box there. Off of the Dinsmores, or did you also go to the hotel in town? Just the Dinsmores. Just the Dinsmores, a five-day. Yeah, they get a lot of traffic through there. I bet that would be a pretty extensive hiker box. Yeah, it wasn't as good after we left. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. What was the best thing that you got out. out of there? They had an entire brand new jar of cashew butter. That sounds amazing. We mixed it. We had like a third of a jar of Nutella left from our our last section, uh-huh. so we mixed it together. That stuff. Oh man, you could just taste the calories. Like how many calories it was. Right, it was so bet. rich. How do you, like, when you get to the bottom of your Nutella, I wouldn't know because I've never been to the bottom of a Nutella jar. I always leave it, because I always find it in a hiker box, and I figure, like, I'll eat it for, like, a week or two, and then put it back in the hiker box, and it works its way down, (laughs) you know? Because there's always, like, the two-pound thing of Nutella in a hiker box. Anyways, what do you do when you get to the bottom of the Nutella jar? Like, how do you empty it out? Because there's no way you can just throw it away, right? What do you mean? How do you, like, get the last of the Nutella yeah, out of the, the jar? Last, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Like, how do you get the last of it? It's so good. Yeah, we just tried really hard with yeah, our fingers. Yeah, spork. finger. Yeah. Although, actually, did you ever meet Saint on the trail? I don't think you did. Uh-uh. But she didn't use a spoon on the trail. She used a spatula, like a cooking spatula. Yeah, that's one way to do it. And so, no matter what she was eating, she could, like, totally clean the inside of it. So she never had to, like, clean her pot, because she just, like, scraped it with her spatula. It's like, hey, it's already clean. It's a really good idea. Wow. Yeah. All right, on. No, I don't know. I've, I, think I've, I think I've licked a couple of peanut butter jars. I'm guilty of that. 
Maybe with I hope my you senior. Didn't put them back in the Higer box. <laughs> yeah, the <laughs> Nutella. The Nutella, the thing is, if if you got it from a Higer box and you're tired of it, you can't just throw it away. you got to give it back to the community, you know? <laughs> and then everybody, you know, people will pick up, people will go through Higer boxes, right, and they'll look at stuff and they'll pick stuff up and be like, oh, this has been opened. I don't want to get, like, norovirus or anything, you know. I don't want to get sick, or, you know, dirty hiker hands. But then there's always that one person that's like, I love Nutella. Bam, you know. They pick it up. It's they don't true. care. You know, they don't care. I think, I, I believe, seriously, there was a jar of Nutella. I saw it floating around for, like, two or three weeks. And I may or may not have had a part in um in working on it. But it it passed a lot of hands. Yeah, that's how it yeah. goes. That's hiker box. That's hiker trash. That is hiker trash. Oh man! But if you do, if you sit down and you think about how many hands have been in this stuff that you're about to put inside you, it's just like, oh man, I don't know about all that. But then you do it anyways. <laughs> If nobody's looking, right? It doesn't matter if nobody's looking. I don't know. <laughs> if no one saw it, does it count? I guess yeah. I guess that only depends if you keep getting sick. So That's true, yeah. And then when you do get sick, you only have yourself to blame because you're like, man, I knew that bag of Cheetos I found in the trash was going to get me sick. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I actually did get really sick after the Dinsmores. Did you? Oh, after the hiker box deadly? Yeah. Yep. Oh man. Yeah, right. Somebody could have put their little dirty fingers in there and had like, you know, been sick. Well, I like I said, everything that we took out of the hiker box, um I mean that was our entire resupply for that section. So Yeah. Who knows? Who knows what it was, but yeah, yeah, I couldn't eat for like two days. <laughs> That's not good. Which, was, which made it really hard to hike. So. Right? Yeah, you kind of need like yeah. energy. Yeah, it was it was really hard to hike. Um, it's like wow, um, I feel like I have like a six thousand calorie deficit going right now. <laughs> I think my body's eating itself. Yeah, it's just like ooh, you're shutting down. <laughs> Your battery's totally depleted for sure. But yeah. well, we've talked a lot about food. What are some other things that, and working, I guess, what are some other things you do in towns? Um, I don't know. Like, when I'm running out of money, I'll, uh, I don't know. Like, what usually happens is uh, I'll start running low on money, and then I'll just start keeping an ear out if anybody needs help or anything. I'll go to town and, uh, you know... <clears throat> find uh I don't know, find something to do, find somebody who has a fence that needs fixing or or you know, like countertops or anything, you know, anything and uh see what there is and sometimes it works out, sometimes it doesn't. A really good thing that I like to do when I get to town is like uh find an awesome stealth camp. You know, because you never know, you never know where you're going to crash and sometimes you get in there and they have like a high homeless population or like you know, maybe like uh, drug addicts or something like that. You don't want to crash, you know, outside. So 
you know, find like a nice park, like a pavilion or, or sneak off somewhere by a river and get a good hammock spot or a good stealth spot. Yeah, I slept in some crazy places in town, man. Yeah, and then like there are times that uh that I have gotten into town, like you can't find Wi Fi at a restaurant, so you're just like wandering around the whole town with your like iPod. You're just like, Where's Wi Fi? Searching, searching, searching. You're just like walking, standing by businesses and houses and things like that. You're just like where is it at? And then you find it, you know, and then you're like sitting there on Wi-Fi in somebody's front yard. Kind of creepy, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Come outside. They're like, what are all these weird people doing outside? <laughs> okay. So I don't condone creepy behavior. But I'm not saying I've never lurked outside of any unsuspecting businesses trying to find some free Wi-Fi. But before I wrap this up, I wanted to say just one more thing about Zeros and Neros. And that is just to remind everyone that you can take zero mile days while you are still on the trail. You don't have to be in a town. If you know you're going to be someplace especially beautiful, Just plan ahead, and instead of taking time off in an ugly town in a sketchy motel, just pack an extra day of food and spend an entire day swimming in a mountain lake or sitting by a river or just watching clouds roll by from a meadow. It's easy to get caught up in the miles, but sometimes, sometimes it's worth stopping early for that perfect campsite. That's all we have for this week. Till next time. Rock Candy Mountain, you never have to change your socks. And little streams of alcohol come a trickling through the rocks. All the railroad bowls at the tip of their hats and the railroad bowls are all blind. There's a little lake of stew and a whiskey too. You can paddle all around it in your big canoe on the big rock candy mountain. On the big